Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. Night is dark, and within the shadows of the city, evil lies in wait. But darkness can also be found in the hearts of the innocent, when it is unlocked by the deeds of cruel men. My name is Jeremy Phillips, writer, critic, and unscented ointment, and you're listening to Cinema Limbo. This year's first presentation, delayed from the Christmas season, is the 1992 action fantasy Batman Returns. My guest is my good friend Amy Parr Young. And you join us at the start of the festivities, enjoying our first mince pies. monsters trying to kill all the firstborn in a major city. Mm. But at least there's snow on the ground. Yes. And Tim Burton is good at snow. Tim Burton is very good at grotesques. <laughs> also that. Um, had you seen Batman Returns before? I had. But uh, I had seen it as a probably a young teenager. Right. That was the last time I saw it. I wasn't overly impressed when I first saw it. Yeah. I remember. Uh, I didn't see it until it was on TV. And then a few years ago, I think before The Dark Knight Rises came out, I rewatched all the Batman films to that point. Mm. And I was really surprised by how much I liked Batman Returns. That I yeah. found it to be a much more interesting and complex story than I realised. Mm. I think it, it's, it's not a movie for children. Well, I quite liked it as a sort of child. Really? Yeah, I did. I remember watching it with my brother and we both really enjoyed it. That's interesting. Mm. But I think a lot of it also went over my head. Yes. I I think the problem with it, I think, is that a lot of what the movie is about is stuff that you're not really aware of until your late teens. Definitely. have you seen the first Batman film recently, Tim, Tim Burton's first Batman film? No. Well, it won't surprise you to learn that was a giant hit when it came out. Mm. Um, and very, very heavy on merchandising. Mm-hmm. To the point where, when Tim Burton was finally persuaded to do a second movie, he was pretty much allowed to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Because they thought, well, it worked, it worked once. Yeah. It'll obviously work exactly the same the second time. Yes. With the logic that only Hollywood executives use. <laughs> um, so he makes this uh, probably his most Tim Burton-y movie. Mm. Uh, it starts with very gothic music and a gothic mansion. Yes. 
with female choir in the background again very Tim Burtony yes mm. and as a a woman in a huge, big society mansion gives birth to a baby and immediately she starts screaming yes it's like the story of the woman who gave birth to a child so ugly that the midwife slapped the mother <laughs> um, and then at Christmas the baby is locked in a cage yeah with a little uh, duck dangling over the front as a little fun toy. Yes. And a cat comes by and he grabs the cat okay. through the bars and pulls it in and eats it. Yes. Which is a bit of foreshadowing, I think. It's more in a cage than anything else, isn't it? It's just it's a caged it's, animal. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's even monster. Yeah. And his parents take him away to the, uh, to the park and they drop his crib in the river as, mm. it, as it flows into the sewer. Mm. So horrified I think by this awful creature. Um, did you recognise the mother and father? No. They're played by Paul Rubens and Diane Salinger. Paul Rubens better known as Pee Wee Herman. Oh. And Diane Salinger had been the female lead in Burton's first film, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh. And Paul Rubens has actually return to the role of the Joker's father in Gotham, the current TV series. Oh. Only last year. Gosh. He played the Joker's father. A completely different version of the character. Yeah. But I just thought, we should give him some dialogue this time. Well, yeah, exactly. They do have a very minor... It's, yeah, it's a very, very brief role, and they have them in speak. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice... You can think, yes, that's a perfect role for cameos. Mm. Um, and the titles play over this um, wicker box drifting through the sewers like Moses <laughs> until he's found in the bulrushes by a group of penguins. Penguins, yeah. Cut to present day? Well, <laughs> 33 years later. Yes. Yes. In Gotham City, where everything looks like um, a German expressionist film crossed with Italian fascist architecture. Yeah. But it's nearly Christmas. Yeah. Um, and it's a very traditional, it's a wonderful life type Christmas. It's snowing on everywhere. Mm. Everyone's got brightly wrapped parcels because for some reason everyone gets their Christmas wrapping done in the shops. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I think in some countries they do it. I know that in Europe they will do it for you for free in some some of the shops you buy the, the present there they'll do it there for you well that's convenient but it lacks the personal touch well some people are very bad at wrapping you should ask me I'm fantastic at wrapping uh, ok I'll keep that in mind I'm very happy to wrap any presents presented <laughs> in front of me I'm very efficient I love things that have corners well this is the thing most of the presents you see on things like that will be nice beautiful boxes exactly how many presents do you get in boxes not many well, I get a lot of box-shaped items. Well. Books, DVDs. <laughs> yes. Uh, shirts in presentation boxes. Mm. Um, uh, having the tree lighting ceremony. With, yes. With Miss Gotham. Mm. Um, and the whole thing is watched from a sewer grate by a flippered figure. Yes. And then there's lots of the, the newsboy selling newspapers. There's... Possible sightings. Possible sightings of a mysterious bird boy. Yes. And introduced is Mr. Shrek. 
Max Shrek. Max yeah. Shrek, who I know a real Max Shrek. You actually, what, as in you, the name There's a real act- person called Max Shrek that I know. Really? Yes. Do you ever see him out in the daylight? I have. He's got no hair, so he's very different looking to the real Max Shrek. This is absolutely mind-blowing because he's named after the, the actor who played the very first version of Count Dracula on film. Oh. Nosferatu, A Symphony of Horrors in 1921. Mm. Count Orlok was played by an actor called Max Shrek. And mm-hmm. Shrek, of course, means terror. Yeah. So the idea that you know someone called Max Shrek and they're bald as well, like Count wow. Orlok. Mm. Do you know him professionally? No, he's oh, right. a friend of the fa- he used to be a friend of the family. I haven't seen him in a while now. Because given that you work in the medical sphere, no, I think no. hanging around you in case no, any blood that wouldn't be very, uh, not very confidential. <laughs> well, no, 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 I thought that he might be a colleague rather than... No, 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 he's not, no. Um, yes, Matt Shrek played by Christopher Walken. Yeah. At his most Christopher walken Yeah. Definitely. He's planning a new power plant for Gotham. And he has a very awkward, um, lacking in self-confidence secretary. Yes. Who tries to um, add a contribution to the meeting. And is quickly shut and down. very quickly shut down. Yeah. Played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. And she's quite hard on herself. Mm. She hasn't... She, quietly hasn't got herself for even considering speaking up. Yes. Um, Shrek is playing the part of a concerned citizen very much. And he is to give a speech in the town square, the city square, for the tree lighting. But he's determined to get his way over the power plant and threatens to arrange a recall election to have the mayor removed. Yes. Because he feels that although everyone keeps saying about we have enough power, you think that's because silly talk that you should. The, the, well, as he says, you can never have, have enough, enough power. power. Mm. Um, and he's actually introduced to give the speech as Gotham's own Santa Claus. Yes. Because he has such an amazing public image, mm. and he throws. And there's a, a big, like sack full of presents, and he just grabs them and throws them into the crowd. Exactly. But he's left his speech upstairs, so he has to wing it. Mm. And he's he's appallingly two faced. So if I could, if I could give the world a gift, it would be world peace and uncon- unconditional love wrapped up in a big bow. Yes. <laughs> and coming from Christopher Walken, you just can't believe it. No. I'm sure he's a delight, but he's just so odd. Yes. And the Einstein hair doesn't help that character's look. No. Almost as if uh, he's been electrocuted. Yes. Mm. But suddenly, the town square is attacked by an evil circus. Yes, who all pop out of a massive, massive present, which is suddenly sort of wheeled along very slowly (laughs) in the background. There There are unicyclists with machine guns. Yeah. There's angry clouds. There's pandemonium. It's kind of like a Halloween moment, really. Yeah. I think people on stilts, they're stilts. Possibly. Yes. And Commissioner Gordon calls for the signal to be sent out. Yeah, for Batman for to Batman. be summoned. And we cut to Wayne Manor 
and we have this fantastic moment of just him sitting in a dark room silently brooding mm. and then the, the light comes on and he turns and he stands up and framed behind him is the the bat logo yeah and it's a, it's a fantastic shot it's a fantastic introduction yeah reintroduction really um, the clowns are after Shrek and he makes a run for it in the meantime Michelle Pfeiffer has come down because she's got his speech that he's yeah. forgotten. So she feels like an idiot that she's not made sure he has his speech. So she's, you know, trying desperately to find him to give him this and then gets involved with all this havoc that's yeah. going on outside. At one point, there's so much havoc that there are people being set on fire yeah. and the Batmobile actually tortures somebody. Yes. It's thought, a children's film. Well. Again, this is rated 15. <laughs> Um, and yes, she's grabbed. Uh, Selena is, Selena, is yeah. grabbed by one of the clowns who, mm. who's armed with a taser. And Batman fires a piton gun at him, mm. but hits the wall behind him. It's how you missed. One pulls on the piton, and the chunk of masonry flies out of the wall yeah. and sacks him unconscious. And Selena is suitably impressed. She is, and she's trying to sort of introduce almost introduce herself yeah but she just fumbles it yeah she just very awkward yeah mm. but what she does do is take that taser she takes the taser and she tasers the clown with it as well yeah she has a bit of a go and while Max thinks he's got away he actually falls through a trapdoor mm. and wakes up in a zoo mm. surrounded by clowns and penguins <laughs> and is confronted by the monstrous penguin man Yes. Now, <laughs> who other than Danny DeVito can you think of who could possibly play that character? No, and he was perfect. He is perfect. However, this is supposed to be someone who is 33. Yes. But he's had a hard life. Well, and no what, sunshine, I guess. No, and, uh, you know, he's f- physically very different. Physically so very his, his body's got Yeah. Well, Danny DeVito himself does have a, a physical um, unusualness. He has a, um, a condition that meant that the ends of his bones hadn't grown properly. Which, oh, is, why, which is why he's so short. Oh. Someone asked me on the internet if, whether or not he's actually a dwarf. Mm. And technically, no, he has a different condition, but it just means that he's very short. Right. Well, I do think he was an amazing person to choose for it, but he is, yes, 33 is, is, put, is being highly optimistic there. But the uh, the makeup helps. Yeah. And his when Shrek sees him for the first time, his first line is, "Hi." <laughs> I think the words you're looking for are, <laughs> He really hams it up. Yeah. All the way through. Um, and it kind of unravels why he's brought Shrek to him. Yes, he has a he has a plan. Mm. Well, has, yes, he has a sort of plan. I don't think it's all revealed at the time, is it? No, but he seems to be thinking ahead. Yeah. He knows that he and Shrek are both monsters, that he's been... All, all the stuff that Shrek throws away, he picks up. Like piles of um, shredded documents that he's taped back together again. Mm. Um, but he doesn't really like Shrek at all. No, but he knows that Shrek has power and yeah. that he can use. Yeah. One thing I like is that 
he, whenever he gets agitated, the penguin has this mouth slime mm. that just starts pouring out. And it's really disgusting. He is disgusting, yeah. <laughs> He's a really... There's nothing about him that's in any way pleasant. He's no. repulsive. Yes. Um, but he's, he's initially saying, I want to find out about myself. I want to find out who my parents are. Yeah, and parents are a recurring thing all the way through the mm. movie. In a way that feels a bit fresher than normal, because there are so many films that have conflicts between fathers and sons. as a very rote um, uh, trope in these sorts of stories. And here it's, you have Shrek's relationship with his son, the, joke, uh, the Penguin's relationship with his parents... Uh, by default, you have Bruce Wayne's relationship with yes. his parents. And you have Selena with Selena, her mum. Selena and her mother. Yeah. But All generally dysfunctional. Yes. Mm. I think the, the exception I would say would be in Bruce's case. But that's because he still bears that horrible guilt of his parents' death. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not their fault, but it's, it's, yes. what, it's what burdens him. So he blackmails Max and he has this... To- this can of toxic waste from or from your clean energy plant. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing for that is, hey, remember me <laughs> on your ex-partner's hand. Yeah. <laughs> Which he then uses to shake hands with him. Mm. And threaten him. Yeah. Selena goes, gets home to her apartment. I like the detail that her apartment has a huge girder running through it. As, oh. if, as if the weight of the city is just pushing down on her. Mm. Well, I was looking at a few more sort of ornamental things about her flat because it's a very cutesy wootsy. Yeah, it's very chintzy. Chintzy, yeah, with pink sort of furniture. And pink wallpaper, uh, painted walls. Yes. The, the endless messages on her answer phone. Yeah. Um, and as she comes in, she arrives at home and she says, Oh, honey, I'm home. Oh, that's right, I remember, I'm not married. Mm. That was a bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> she feels very sorry for herself as well. Yeah. And she has a message from her mother who's nagging her. One from someone she's dating saying that his therapist told him he has to be his own person, not an appendage. Yes. <laughs> and again, you can't really see Selena being someone who's going to boss anybody about or no, make them do anything. No. She's so... Sub, you know... Downtrodden. Downtrodden and subdued, yeah. And the last message is from herself, telling her she's got to go back to the office yeah. to get files prepared for a meeting. Yes. And when she's there, Max finds her mm. because she's broken into his computer by guessing his password. Which is his Chihuahua's which name. Which is the name of his yes. dead Chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. So there are all these nice little details about how Max has these odd flaws. Mm. Like he has a dead stuffed pet in his office that he really loved. Yeah. And he maybe isn't actually that bright. Yes. Um, But what she does realise is that his plan all along is not just to create a power plant. It's to create a power shortage. Mm. Because the plant can suck power off the grid. And then store it. For yeah. when he needs to sell it on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she thinks, well, you know, it's, 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 it's not like you can just kill people, is it? It's, well, actually, it's a lot like that. <laughs> ah, gotcha. See, I was only kidding. And then he shoves her out of the window anyway. Yeah. And the next bit's odd. Now, I know there is no probably explanation, but hundreds of cats then descend on her body. 
Well, we see that she has a cat. Yeah. And that... It's her companion in the yeah. plant. Yeah. And so maybe the inference is that all these cats know about her and know that she's a nice cat lady. Maybe. And they will think, oh, I'll help you, lick you better. And nib- give you some more lives. Nibble on your fingers. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, the, I mean, whether or not Catwoman has any kind of supernatural mm. power, it's, it's left ambiguous. Yeah. Quite sensibly. Yeah. But she does the, that creepy eye flutter as well as she comes back to life. Mm. Gets home and goes through the same motions as before. Oh, that's right, I'm not married. And when she puts the light on, she looks like a zombie. Yes. Her hair's all a mess. She's got a wound in her head. Her eyes are like saucers. Um, she pours milk with the cat and then starts just chugging from the car. Yeah. Plays back the messages. And there's a junk mail message on her phone for perfume. Mm. It says, oh, soon your boss will want you to stay behind to, to work on a candlelight dinner. Yeah. Available only at Shrek's. And at that, snap. Yeah. Her, her brain breaks. Mm. And she completely wrecks her apartment. Yeah. And it's very good. I really enjoyed that sequence. It was very good. It, yeah, it's... It doesn't hold back at all. She's no. like shoving soft toys down the waste disposal, spray painting the walls black, yeah. smashing up the doll's house. She also has this, um, which is very obvious, but she has this uh, uh, the neon lights on the wall Yeah. where it says, hello there. And she, might, she walks past and just smashes it arbitrarily, it looks like, as she walks past. And as it pans out from the flat, from afar, it says hell here <laughs> so I thought that was great and she great. she also pulls out of her wardrobe uh, like a black leather long, a long black no. Macintosh yeah and with her sewing kit and her sewing machine she refashions it into something yes which later on I did think how did she get that much material from one thing <laughs> also how, where did she get all the, like, the glove bit from no I don't know but then also, talking of black gloves, Penguin uh, has got black gloves as well. Yeah. Over his fin-like hands. Yes. And again, I don't know, where, where's he got them in the sewers from? But oh, he probably had measurements taken and got one of the clouds to make them for him. Oh. Using stolen materials. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the mayor's making an address about all this chaos when one of the clowns steals his baby. Mm leaps into the sewer and says, oh no, oh no, it's the penguin man, don't hurt me. Mm. At which point the penguin rises out of the Very sewer. Very slowly, yeah. And returns the baby and, and now he's revealed to the public. An obvious stunt as, a, as an okay guy. Yeah. But Bruce is watching this on TV at home and listens to the penguin's story about how he just wants to find out who his parents were. And he's very sympathetic. Mm. There's a lot of Bruce Wayne in this movie. Mm. And we get to see a lot more of him, I think, away from the Batman persona than normally. He's much more sort of thoughtful and compassionate. And we even get to see him like do proper business deals. Yeah. Yeah. Just and just completely separate. And we see actually, yeah, he's a pretty sharp operator. He you know, he really looks into his um his business opponents and knows how to get them to do what he wants mm. 
in a, in a similar way to Shrek, but in a different one because he, he's good. Yes, exactly. You're right, and and I think I think Michael Keaton's great. I, he's my favourite Batman. Yeah, I think he's mine. He really managed to get that balance between having Bruce Wayne, an interesting character, mm. but still project such pure authority and almost sort of mythical status as Batman. Mm. Um, the, but he comes across like a, a normal person as well when he is just Wayne. Yeah. And he, he does come across like a needy, normal guy who wants to meet women and wants to have nice relationships and wants to do good business deals and not deal with horrible people. Yeah. You know, he's just, yeah. Being Batman for him is... A necessary burden. It's not something he yeah. wants to do, it's something he has to. Yeah. Uh, the penguin's searching in the city records for his family, but he's also making notes of names as he's going through. Mm. And um, the gentlemen of the press are being kept out of the, the building by Shrek. He says, Oh, what about the First Amendment? He says, Well, why don't you give the Constitution a rest? It's Christmas. <laughs> have, have a heart. Not that he would know what that is. Mm. Um, Bruce, however, has been tracking the Red Triangle and discovers that they used to be associated with an aquatic bird boy. And um, Alfred suggests that maybe he wants to just be the only lonely man-beast in town. Yes. <laughs> I like that moment. He's, he's not just driving around the city in the Batmobile, just slowly cruising around looking for crime. Because mm. we always see him responding. And being called for And things. being called, yeah. but he's just... Like just driving around. I think Being well, present. Maybe like the however many years since he first appeared, people in Gotham are just used to him being around. Yeah. So, oh, that's, oh, he's just out, out for a drive again. It's, uh, it's, a bit it's, like being on the beat. It, yeah, it's like he's just letting people know that he's around. Yeah. And the following day, Penguin goes to the cemetery where he finds his parents' graves. Yeah and reveals to the press that his name is Oswald Colbot. A great name. I think that's the original name he had from the comics. I don't think it's invented for the movie. Yeah. There were some concerns, apparently, when the film came out, that um, the Penguin might be a Jewish stereotype. Okay. Because he looks... I mean, obviously he looks like a caricature. Yeah. But there were concerns that that's what he was supposed to be a caricature of. Right. And particularly the Moses parallels and the killing of the firstborn. Yeah. But all of this can be diffused because there's a great big cross on his parents' tombstone. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, I, did, I did, like, as he's walking back out of the cemetery, the, his music st- is played on a tuba. Oh. Make, I almost thought it was to make fun of how he's yeah, yeah. fat and waddling. Waddling. Mm. Um, yes, I, I was their number one son, but they treated me like number two. <laughs> and as, as people are reading his story in the press someone says oh he's like a frog who became a prince <laughs> and the man is with her says no he's more like a penguin yeah. <laughs> a woman uh, is attacked by a man and it's, the inference is unpleasant I, I got the impression that he's not just after robbing her no yeah but she's rescued by Catwoman Absolutely. Who beats the daylights out of him. Yes. But when she thanks her, 
She's not overly she's not, friendly. No, she's not very nice. And they say, well, you know, why do you make it so easy? Yeah. There's a lot of innuendos around Catwoman. Yes. Throughout this movie. She's a very uncompromising figure. Mm. I think that's what makes her interesting because she's... There, there is a running element in the whole movie of duality that Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle obviously have these secret identities. So does Max Shrek because he's publicly Gotham's own Santa Claus but he's yeah. actually a horrible man. Yeah. The Penguin and Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. It's, it's not so much duality but it's, it's private and public faces and it runs all the way through the movie. And this is something that Burton has said that he's very, very interested in. Mm. And you see it in a lot of his other films, a lot of his other good films. Mm. Bruce is meeting Max regarding the power plant project. Yeah. And um, this is when Selena is appears to him. Yes. Yeah. Well. Um, well, he's obviously met her as Batman. Yes, but um, at the meeting, as well as Max saying that you can never have too much power, Bruce mentions that he knows that Cobblepot is the head of the Red Triangle gang, mm. the circus gang. So. Max is obviously finding it quite easy having, you know, a criminal gang in his pocket. Mm. And Max turns around and actually defends Oswald. Says, yeah. Well, you know, he came from a family with a silver spoon in your mouth, as did you. Things could have been different and you could have been roommates at prep school. <laughs> Which is, Bruce doesn't really have a reply to. No. But Selina reappears, claiming to have amnesia. Max is shocked yeah and worried and, and worried because of what happened but she uh, and Bruce is clearly delighted yes <laughs> <laughs> and he said oh we've met have we oh no sorry I was, I was mistaking me for someone else yeah I think they labour that line a bit too much mm. they could have just left her yeah but um, but she's now sassy and independent and, and, and has projects confidence exactly yes and um, talks back to Max mm. quite happily. And she's cabling about all the things that she, she can't remember what happened last night, but she can remember stuff in the past, like that time a boy noticed that she came to school but wasn't wearing any knickers. He's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> and she pretty much immediately manages to get Bruce to ask her out. Yeah. He's clearly he, taken. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird actually watching the movie again. This is the point where, when I first saw the movie, they put in the break for the news. Uh. <laughs> I remember that so clearly. Max goes to Oswald's home because he's got a surprise for him. His, his home is like a, 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 a partly abandoned building in town with a completely empty upper floor. Yes, it's very odd. And again, this is, so he has a surprise for him. And he lures him downstairs with a fish. Yes, which is grotesque again. Mm. Horrible scenes of him sort of eating this eating fish. This, eating this whole raw fish. Yeah. Ugh. I imagine that's probably real. Mm. Danny DeVito stayed in character the entire time he was on the set. Did he? The entire time he was in the makeup, he was in character. Amazing. I've seen footage from the set where he's barging past members of the crew. Mm. And there's, there's, with one of the, um, the behind the scenes videos, and he just pushes the camera out of the way. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's so good in this film. Yeah, he, he really is. is. He's amazing. But the surprise is, 
a mayoral campaign. Yeah. Oswald, he wants Oswald to run for mayor mm. with his backing. Um, and it's, it gives Burton the chance to do a bit of satire. Yes. Because he, he's never subtle when he does satirical stuff, but it's always really fun in how pointed it is. Like um, his, the new makeover team... Yes. Who said, oh, put the, the cigarette holder in his mouth, which he immediately spits out. Yeah. Because that's a nod to the comics. And uh, try and put gloves on him. So research tells us that voters like candidates with fingers. Yeah. And he says, hey, not too many reflective surfaces in the sewer, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, it could be worse. My nose could be gushing with blood. Um, um, what? And he just bites into his nose. I, it was a horrible moment. I didn't remember this as a kid. I don't remember that part at all. With blood spurting out. Horrible. <laughs> but then no one really reacts. Everyone just goes, okay. What's the thing? Oh, he's, he's an actual garbage creature. Yes. As Max says, hey, let's make a mayor yeah. out of this. Mm. This huge angry baby. <laughs> But yes, so he lets go of that person, lets him go and get his nose taken care of. Yeah. And get sort of ushered back onto the stairs. And he he likes the idea of power and women and yeah. respect. So he says, okay, I'll do it. Mm. But they need something to provoke that election. Because as, as they say, it's December and elections are in November. Yes. But they can have a recall election if they are able to provoke some kind of crisis in yes. the government. Like the Reichstag fire. <laughs> There's another attack on the town, on yeah. the city, by the, by the Kung Fu clowns. And throughout this, there's this lady with the chihuahua. Yeah. Who's a sort of right-hand gal, I suppose, of mm. penguin. Do we ever know what... She just sort of walks away at one point. She just... Um, we last see her just disappearing into shadow. Yeah. And she has a weird German accent for no reason. Yeah, it's a bit odd. I think that's like this, the German impressionist, like the German ex- silent cinema influence. It's on the set and the name of Max Schreck, and it's something that Burton mm. owes a big debt to. Okay. Um, but Batman arrives to fight them off, and he tries to take a few out with one of his batarangs, but the little dog grabs it and runs off with it. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Catwoman attacks Shrek's department store. Yeah. Which has a cat logo. Yes, I was, yeah, it does, exactly. Um, she, she whips the heads off a group of mannequins. Yeah. That, That's where she gets her whip from, isn't it? She has the whip already. Does she? Um, I thought she took it from there. We don't, you're right, we don't see it before then, but it's not stated that she takes it no. from the store. Fair enough. But it does, it's not stated that she doesn't. Yeah. But... Um, these two security guards find her. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer learned to do all the whip work herself. Oh. And where the whipping the heads of the mannequins, all her own work, not any kind of trickery. Very good. And apparently she is still very good with the whip. <laughs> she doesn't dress up in the costume anymore, but she can still do all the whip work. Yeah. Yeah, the security guards find her, and one must have said, hey, don't know whether to arrest her or fall in love. <laughs> And she immediately finds what's oh, typical, always confusing pistols with your privates. Yes. And she whips the, their guns out of their hands and they immediately just cower. <laughs> but because they 
hold back because they sort of say, hey, 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 we're just security cars. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, she, she goes easy on them mm. and she lets them run away. Meanwhile, lots is going out on outside, isn't it? Yeah. There's um, Batman fights a bad guy and blows him up. Yeah. Again, murdering someone in cold blood. Yeah, well, for the greater good. Uh, and Catwoman blows up Shrek's department store. Yes. By putting aerosol cans in a microwave and pulling a gas line out of the wall. Yeah, it might work. Putting the aerosols in the microwave was cut from the original release. Oh. On the grounds that children could copy it. Well. Assuming that children should be watching this movie. Yeah, no, I know. But 15-year-olds are stupid as well. I, yeah... It's the problem, really, is that even adults are pretty thick. I yeah, mean, the time, so. But she's that explosive. She's running away, and no, she's she's running away. She's doing backflips. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Batman has seen her do this. As, well, she's as she's coming towards him, isn't he? Well, she's talking to the penguin, talking yes. to Oswald rather. So I'm I'm a concerned politician surveying the terrible damage. So oh, you're not the mayor. Things. Things change. <laughs> you don't think you'll win, do you? Things change. Mm. And then Catwoman appears, backflips towards them, says meow, <laughs> and Shrek's department store explodes. Yes. Very good. And Oswald throughout this has got this selection of umbrellas, doesn't he? Yeah. Which he gets away with. He gets, you know, they're other kind of escape routes as well. And I yeah. think he uses one at this point, doesn't he? He uses a little helicopter brolly yes. to fly away. That's quite clever. And Batman and Catwoman fight. Mm. And he, he lands a, a very hard blow on her, knocking her. Oh, how could you? And you, you think, oh, that's Bruce coming through now as he pops up. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and she immediately fights back and says, well, how could you? I'm a woman and not to be taken for granted. Yeah. He rescues her from falling, and I mean, so I she becomes all seductive. She's kind of like that all the way through. No, yeah, she <laughs> she's is. She's very sort of slinky and mm. she knows what she's doing. And slinky and such like. Yes. And stabs him in the stomach with one of her nails, n- nail claws. Mm. And he pushes her off the building, and she lands in a big truck full of kitty litter. Yes. So as. Um, Oswald launches his campaign he starts uh, coming on to his own staff interns and I started to wonder how much relation there could be between this and other political campaigns at the time mm. <laughs> because they are these women are obviously throwing themselves at him aren't they and yeah. he's like here you go wear a pin you know, and she and presses into presses her presses into her boobs yeah but uh, there you go. And I also thought um, you have a obviously very ethically corrupt mogul in many industries backing a political campaign from someone who is like a giant baby with no self-control. Mm. And I tried to think of who that could possibly resemble. It just came up blank. Ah, oh, difficult. By the time you're hearing this, listener... I'm pretty confident that he who shall not be named will be consigned to the dustbin of politics. Let's hope so. Him and his weird family. Hmm. They're a bunch of clowns. <laughs> Rich clowns. But yes. That's the worst kind. The worst kind of clown. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So at this stage, does um, well, Selena and well, actually, I think Catwoman goes to Penguin. Yes. And this is, I think, I think this is where lots of there are lots of innuendos. Um, oh yes. Such as just the pussy I've been looking for. Oh. That was a. That's a good one. And uh, she describes Batman as a fly in that ointment. Yeah. And he's got different. He's got two different types of ointment for her as well. Oh, nice. Um, so she ends up in his sort of very large vacant room, that one yeah. with the sort of a bed in a corner, and um, she's trying to plot against Batman with him. Yes, that they plan not just to kill him, but to make him a monster first. Yes. And she notices that he's not even an office yet and he already has an enemies list, mm. which he won't let her look at. And he also eats, she also eats his bird. Well, I thought this was very good. She doesn't act, she just stuffs it in her mouth and it manages to stay alive. She doesn't chew, she's just enjoying yeah. it. And then when he threatens to kill her cat, yeah. she opens her mouth and the bird flies out. Again, not a special effect. Really? I was yeah. wondering. Oh, wow. It's incredible, actually. The... The casting on the movie would seem to be really straightforward. They got first choice for everyone except for Catwoman. Oh. Originally, it was going to be Annette Bening. Oh. But after she'd been cast, they found out that she was pregnant, mm. which then became a problem. It does, with that kind of outfit. So Michelle Pfeiffer was cast at the absolute last minute. What's she been in before this? Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. Uh, the Fabulous Baker Boys. Oh, okay. Uh, to, uh, at the very least, uh, Grease 2. Oh, well then. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was already an Oscar nominee. She was actually Oscar nominated the year Batman Returns was released. Right. It's a different movie. Mm. So, yeah. It was quite surprising that she would sign on at the last minute for this because she was such a big star. Mm. She's still a big star. It's the movies that got small. Hmm. Yeah, why, what, you'd think that she would have like the lead role on a big prestige TV show these days. Well, she must choose not to do things. I suppose so. What was the last film she was in? Uh, I don't remember she was in Stardust, but that was about ten years ago. Oh, yeah. And again, she was terrific in that. She was good in that, yeah. Obviously, there's... For many women in, in Hollywood, there's this whole issue about growing old and whether you want to grow old in, um, with everyone watching or whether you want to... I think there is a... Yes. The, the type of roles that you're going to be given are going to be very different. Mm. Um, so. As um, Meryl Streep noted, as soon as she turned 40, she started getting off roles of playing witches. <laughs> there you go, and that's what, in Stardust, that is what Michelle Pfeiffer is? Yes, but she's a very glamorous... She's a very... Witch. Yes, she is. But she is after keeping that glamour and beauty, though. With the whole... I don't think she needs to worry about that. Well, I, think, I think nature is being kind enough as it is. Mm. Um, Sean Young, who was originally cast as Vicky Vale in the first Batman movie, believed that she was entitled to play Catwoman oh. and decided to um, make her own Catwoman costume and stalk Tim Burton on the Warner Brothers studio lot. Oh which I believe earned her a restraining order Bit and, nuts. and yeah. no acting job. Oh dear. That's a shame. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you take a punt if uh, Tim Burton is the person you're stalking. He might find that great. You never know with Tim Burton. 
No, it, it would be Helena Bonham Carter these days. Well, actually, no, it wouldn't now, would she, it? They're not together anymore. No. Well, he and Johnny Depp aren't married anymore either. <laughs> so oh. Selena and as Selena and Bruce have also made plans together, haven't yes. they now to meet? Oh well, there's a, there's a bit where um, um, Bruce is watching Oswald's one of Oswald's addresses on television, and Alfred comes in and says. Sir, do you think we could change the channel to something with a little more dignity and class? <laughs> the love connection, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And I looked up to find out what the love connection was. It's pretty much the same as Take Me Out. Yeah. So, wow, that's a, that's a pretty low blow. That's a blow, yeah. <laughs> and he challenges the mayor to relight the tree. Yes. But then at the start of the next scene with, with Bruce meeting Selena in the street, it has that really weird start of Selena just staring into a window saying, why are you doing this? Mm. It's, it's such an odd... I mean, it makes perfect sense because she's acknowledging that there's something broken. Yeah. That she might have all this newfound confidence and vitality, but something has happened. Something sac- is wrong. Something's been sacrificed yeah. somewhere for yeah. that to come out. And... She's scared. Mm. She's scared what's happening to her. And Bruce bumps into her and they, they see the news coverage of what happened the night before. Mm. <laughs> and she's outraged that they could guess Catwoman's weight is £140. He's offended that they don't mention all the property damage that Batman prevented. <laughs> and they make plans to meet for an early dinner. Mm. And it has to be early because both of... Well, Delina has said she has plans which is to go to this light tree... The tree lighting ceremony at well. Mm. But she hasn't obviously explained that to him. And Bruce has to has plans because he has to go out and be Batman. Yes. And we have the scene where we meet Miss Gotham mm. who apparently was originally written as being a really horrible selfish, supermodel-y type character. Oh. And they changed completely to just make her a good-natured dumb blonde. Yes. Maybe if it was to care more about what happens to yeah. her. Yeah. could say, right, the tree lights up and then I press the button. Yes. No, no, wait. I press the button and, the <laughs> <laughs> and Penguin comes in claiming to be a talent scout. And yes. so, holding up this, this battery. So what's that, a camera? Yeah! Say cheese! Mm-hmm. Throws it at her face. And I kept thinking, I keep thinking whenever I watch it, oh, right, she's been killed. Yeah. No, so she hasn't. No. Every time I see the movie, I forget. Yeah. Because it seems so obvious that that, that would kill her. Yes. It is quite an aggressive thing. It's not, not like knocking her on the head at the no. back or something. In fact, the, the Oswald even screams as he's throwing it. Yeah. <laughs> And I think he's with his crazy German lady at this point. Oh, yes. And the Chihuahua. Mm. But um, Bruce and Selina... Uh, having a, a romantic moment together. Yes, having a lovely moment. And um, it's, it's something that you don't really get in the James Bond films, is Bruce explains why his old girlfriend left. Mm. That Vicky couldn't reconcile the two sides of him. And he... Bruce is talking in very general terms, yes. obviously. But the fact that he was both Batman and Bruce Wayne, and she just couldn't square that dichotomy. But Selena says, you know, 
people with different sides like that, it doesn't bother me. I'm not worried about that. Because serious guys are always the ones who let you down. Mm. And sickos don't scare her. And then suddenly she just launches herself at him. Yeah. And as they kiss, they find each other's wounds from where they, they had previously fought each other. Yes. Again, it's, it's the whole two sides thing of mm. the public and private faces. It works so well. As the news comes through that the princess has been kidnapped, mm. Miss, Miss Gotham has been kidnapped, and they both struggle to think of something appropriate to say. An excuse to, to get out. Yeah. yeah. So I think Bruce is the one that gets out first and goes, I'll just, I'll be right back. And so that, oh, tells I, Alfred, just say it's a business deal or I'm closing a business deal. Find something. And then she goes and, and says to Alfred, oh, if you could think up a, a sonnet or a dirty limerick or something. And he says, what has just sprung to mind? <laughs> and but, and I, I love the uh, the comparison of Bruce in the back cave getting dressed and that it's sort of iconic. And, it's, mm. and Selina getting dressed in her Volkswagen Beetle as she's swerving all over yes. the road. <laughs> Though again, compared to the modern Batmans, it looked very simple and very, you know, that Batman cave. Yeah. Compared to all of the... The you know much more recent Batman's not the one this year, but um, the good ones. Yeah, the, the, it is. It is very different still. The, the, and the suits looked kind of basically just like rubber. They don't look. Yeah, there's no attempt to make it seem realistic. No, it's much more. I think it's because of the idea of making Batman more of a monster to frighten the criminal element. Mm. So he looks much more like in the in the first one. He's got some of these. Um, ab- abdominal pecs. Yes, you can see um, abdominal pecs. Well, abdominal you muscles. You can tell yes. it in medical school. Mm. Um, but in um, Batman Returns, it's it's more like a car. Yeah, he's like a big car. Hmm. So they both make their way into Central Gotham. Yes, and he he locks the Batmobile, but the clowns manage to unlock it. Yeah, and they start pulling it apart and doing work on it. Yeah, and put. Some form of tracker controlling device on it. Yes. Which looks ridiculous as well. Again, it's like a little clown toy. Yes. <laughs> Batman finds the, the Miss Gotham and is intercepted by uh, Catwoman yeah. and they fight again. Yeah. And she drags Miss Gotham away to the roof where the penguin throws a, another brolly into the ground. And it's full of bats. Yes. And they startle her and she falls off the roof mm. and lands on the button. The tree lights up and a huge horde of bats fly out of it. Um, Batman is beaten to the ground by Catwoman. Yep. And they see that there's mistletoe yes. hanging above them. And I can't remember what they say. Mistletoe could be deadly if you eat it. Ah, that was it. And she replies, a kiss can be deadlier if you mean it. Mm. And she gives him a cat kiss, which is licking his face. I know. A very, oh. a very long, slow lick, which is... It sends different messages to the audience depending on what the audience thinks. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm imagining a lot of people will think that's very sexy. I thought, ugh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's been. Oh. Yeah. But um, Batman manages to kick her off and she falls through a glass... Greenhouse. Yeah. So she's got seven lives left. This is the thing, she's counting down her lines, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and where's Penguin in all of this? 
He's escaped. He's again. escaped. All right. But um, Catwoman, Catwoman meets up with him. And he, says, and she, he says to her, "You know, you said you were just going to scare the princess. Mm. So you can tell us maybe, well, maybe with this villainy, she's not really quite cut out for it. Um, but uh, he proposes to her. Yes. I've actually forgotten what happens. And <laughs> given that he disgusts her." Mm. She says no, and he says, oh, ah, but you were sending out all the signals. <laughs> Which I think is an, quite a pointed mm. uh, line to take. <laughs> but she, he hooks her neck around his helicopter brolly uh, to fly yes. away. Mm. I think that's what, is that what lets her fall into the... Didn't she fall into a greenhouse? That's the time she falls into a greenhouse, yeah. Yeah. Because I thought, what is a greenhouse doing there? But okay. It'll be on the roof. Yeah. Batman flies back to his car, then drives Not off. knowing that it's his... Not knowing that it's been sabotaged. Yeah. While Oswald climbs into his little campaign bus. Yes. And gets into his little child's toy. I know, hilarious. And <laughs> is driving around the, yeah. the Batmobile. And starts controlling the Batmobile, so he's like going for people. Trying to run people out, it's like, ah, oh, you, you leave the little perfect people I got under me. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> it's hard on the voice. Imagine doing that all the time, every day. He already sounds like that, though. Yeah, I think you still have to put some of it in. Oh, I played this city like a harp from hell. <laughs> But Bruce is recording all this, mm. and he manages to break off the transmitter. Yeah, just as an old lady is crossing the road. Exactly, yeah. That would be the worst yes. thing to happen. No, I mean, he's killed some people already, but not innocent old ladies. No, no. But, um, so now that the Penguin has been recorded saying horrible things while he's on one of his campaign buses, yeah. does that ring any bells to you about anything at all? Oh, I don't know. No, me neither. I mean... Mm. Mm. That his, his, uh, he's doing a, a, a campaign speech the following day and he says oh the electorate has lost faith in old symbols mm. as Selina watches at a distance and Bruce and Alfred go into the bat cave mm. <laughs> and, um, they do some form of sinking of what he's recorded yes to the speakers around the town hall or wherever they so are they, so they play back his horrible statements yeah the Gotham's town, Gotham's town people. Yes. I love before they break in there and Alfred is concerned about security and Bruce says, oh, you're concerned about security. Remind me who let Vicky Vale into the Batcave. <laughs> because that was a big continuity error in the first movie is how, what, why did Alfred decide to let Vicky Vale into yeah, the Batcave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that even the writers had said they, they couldn't think of another way around it. Mm. So they, at least they make a joke about it now. But they all goes wrong with Penguin and people start to turn on him as they listen to this stuff. And then yeah. all of a sudden, lettuces and tomatoes start getting thrown. Yeah. It's hilarious. And I think he does say, there's always one that... Who, 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 yeah. who brings vegetables to a political spree? Yes. And he, like, like, a car- like an old Frankenstein monster, yeah. he flees back to the sewer yeah. and returns to his own kind. In his duck. In his big duck. And reveals that his plan is to kidnap... The firstborn sons of, of high society. Yeah. yeah, and one of the clowns says, 
Um, Oswald murdering children, isn't that a little... Oswald pulls up another umbrellas and shoots and says, No! It's a lot! <laughs> this really fat clown who then basically just falls back into the water yeah. and just bobs up and down for a while. <laughs> but that does pay off later on. Mm. Uh, Shrek is holding his Christmas, Christmas ball. Yeah. And Bruce has been invited. Bruce has been invited and he originally thought he'll give it a miss and yeah. Alfred delightedly tears up the invitation. Yes. <laughs> but Selena might be there. Yeah. So he goes along. And the gimmick, of course, is that it's a masked ball. Yeah. But everyone apart from Bruce and Selina are masked. Yeah. Because, of course... They wear masks. They're, they're, well, they're, well, they are masks in themselves. They are, yeah. As yeah. if Catwoman and Batman are their real faces. Yeah. And something that's probably lost on a lot of viewers now, probably not yourself, being intelligent and educated. You, you put this one up a bit high now. Go on. Max is dressed like, uh, or in homage to Johnny Carson. Oh, no, I didn't. Okay, you know, do you know who Johnny Carson is? No. He was the original late-night talk show host. Okay. He is the one who... He's got the turban on. He's got the big turban. Yeah. Because Carson had... One, one of some of his skits on the show was that he would do like a comical mind-reading bit. Yeah. Where he'd like hold an envelope to his head and say, things like, uh, a den of thieves and marauders. Open the envelope. Oh, it's an invitation to the Republican National Convention. <laughs> Gimmicks like that, yeah, and, yeah, so, yeah. And, and Shrek guesses what Bruce is dressed as. Oh, trust fund goody goody. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I'm so sorry that your your mayoral campaign collapsed. Oh, um, oh, oh, does it matter who's mayor? Bruce says, "Oh, it does to me." Mm. <laughs> and Shrek just says, "Yawn," and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> he just shrugs it off. Yeah, move on. Next, <laughs> next plan. But, and Selena is revealed that she stand, she's standing behind someone who's wearing a weird skull mask and is dressed like the Red Death. Yeah. And that's a nod to a 1964 horror movie called The Mask of the Red Death, which is one of Tim Burton's favourites. Ah. Starring his beloved Vincent Price. Yeah. Um, mm. And then we have the, basically the theme song of the movie plays as Bruce and Selena dance. Yes. Face to Face by Susie and the Banshees. Mm. All the other Batman movies had really big name musical acts. Mm. The first one had Prince. Batman Forever had U2. Mm. Uh, Batman and Robin had Smashing Pumpkins. This has Susie and the Banshees. Mm. I think, yeah, Tim Burton was really allowed to do anything he wanted. (laughs) No one else would give them the option to do a song for a huge blockbuster movie because they're this weird goth rock band. But it's this fantastic song. Yeah. It sounds like a James Bond thing. Yeah, I suppose it could be. It's very sort of evocative. It's romantic, but also... Intense. Mysterious and yeah. intense. And the scene where Bruce and Selena dance, I think, is my favourite Tim Burton scene. Mm. And it's just the two of them talking. But the undertone of it all is very Tim Burton. It's about... Your, your public versus your private self and the, the conflict that that creates, which I think is a fascinating idea. Selena wants to drag Bruce away to the... Because that because the ball's taking place in the apparently rebuilt Shrek's department yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe it's just another branch. Well, it could be. Um, Selena's trying to drag him away to the bedding department. Yeah. 
and um, he says that he came there for her and she admits that she didn't actually come there for Bruce she came there for Max yeah it's all oh, oh he thinks that there's someone who oh no 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 Paul's like no I came here to kill him mm. and, and she really laughs very hard yeah. that he would think that's anything and Bruce panics at this because he has to now be heroic without just from himself as Bruce as Bruce mm. and he's trying to to stop her and he doesn't really know what to do yeah. but so this is no people like that they just always come up on top and it would be better off for all of us if they were dead but she she just can't yeah. she can't focus anymore she can't uh, she doesn't know who she is anymore mm. and she just she she's laughing and crying at mm. the same time and they kiss and she sees the mistletoe mm. says oh mistletoe could be deadly if you eat it mm. and Bruce replies a kiss can be more deadly if you mean it and at that moment they look each other in the eye and they realise who they are Yeah. and it's just close ups mm. and the music just falls away and you think it's it's the absolute minimum that you need mm. to understand what's happening in that scene where they realise who, Each who, they, who, yeah. who they really yeah. are and they they hug and she says does this mean we have to start fighting <laughs> and she really doesn't want to no and Bruce says okay let's let's go outside let's talk yeah but before they can do anything their moment is ruined their moment is ruined when Oswald riding in his giant duck because how has that get, how does that get there for one I don't know but yes the sewers yeah, it connects everywhere. Um, we see in the scene very briefly the mayor's costume as well as a mask. He's got a knife in his back, which I think is a nice little message for Shrek. Mm. And um, having reclaimed the name of Penguin, he's planning to kidnap Chip, Shrek's son. First son, yeah, yeah. Um, and Max says, no, take me, take me. It's the one time Max does anything good. For anybody, yeah. Because he... but. You could say that he only sees Chip as an extension of himself. Yeah. He sees the power plant as his legacy to pass on to his son. Yeah. But he could see his son the same way, just another part of himself. It certainly fit him with other people we won't mention. <laughs> but he does offer himself in Chip's place on the grounds that he's the one who the penguin really wants, wants to, to, yeah. to suffer. And Penguin takes him. And he takes him, and he gets nipped at by penguins. Yeah. And winds up being dangled in a cage over a pool of industrial poo. Waste, yeah. Meanwhile, the the uh, children are being kidnapped all over the city. And put into an amazing little train. Little train pulling, pulling cages, like a child yes. catcher. With the organ grinder and the monkey mm. as the conductors. But um, they're found by Batman. Mm. And so Penguin's alternative plan is to set off his army of penguins. I love this. I love this bit. It was hilarious. To fire missiles and destroy the next generation of Gotham City. This is what I liked as a kid, I must say. I think this is the bit I I thought was great. The evil penguin army. Yeah, but I don't think the penguins were necessarily evil. Some of them probably were. Maybe. you've seen the wrong trousers. (laughs) Yeah, there might have been a couple of bad eggs. But that was, uh, I thought, was great. 
think the effects are very, very good there. So what happened there? Do you know what were were those penguins mechanical? What? It was a mixture. Yeah. There, some were real. Yeah. Some were mechanical. Some were digital. Okay. And some were actors, actors in costume. Yeah. But you can't tell. No. It's very hard to tell which is, which are real and which aren't. Mm. It was very funny. I like their little head things. And um, they made huge efforts to accommodate the penguins as well. Mm. They were kept in refrigerated trailers. The set was refrigerated. Oh. Because the movie was shot in Los Angeles in midsummer. Mm. So everything had to be chilled yeah, yeah, down yeah. and to, to accommodate these animals. Yeah. This is the first... Since then, all the Batman movies have been shot in the US. Oh, actually, no, because the Christopher Nolan's ones were partly shot in the UK. But Tim Burton's first one was shot in London. Mm. And this was filmed entirely on sets. Um, Bat, um, Wayne Manor is a model. Oh, wow. It's not even a real building. <laughs> but uh, meanwhile, the Batboat is racing through the sewer. Batman and Alfred are jamming the payments frequencies to send them back. Yes. And at that point, the Red Triangle then realise that... Things are lost. Yeah, and they they all slink away. Yeah. The lady with the dog is reading out the countdown, just retreats to the shadow of her little booth. Yes. And Penguin is alone. And he's left alone. Yeah. He gets in his duck. Yes. (laughs) Drives up to the surface. And tries fighting Batman. Yeah. (laughs) Flailing at him. But Batman releases, uh, well, uh, all the penguins have returned to the park. Um, he presses the button and they fire their missiles and, and it blows up the zoo, the, the zoo area. Yeah. Um, and bats are released from the bat boat. Yeah. And they chase Penguin over the, uh, the parapet to fall down into the horrible mm. sewer. Mm. Meanwhile, Max has lured the little monkey that's holding the key. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to the towards the cage, yeah, yeah. To, to let him go, he climbs out, but his ankle is caught by a whip and he falls in the goo. Yeah, he manages to grab the gun dropped by the clown killed earlier. Oh, and that's where it's from. That, that pays off. Yes, yes, yes. And he's dragged to the shore, and of course he's been caught by Catwoman. Yeah, and he tries to buy them with her offering her money or jewels or a mm. really big ball of wool. <laughs> and then she wants, she wants his blood. Yeah, she wants him dead. And Batman appears and saves his life. So, oh, Batman, thank goodness. Shut up. <laughs> There's no time for Shrek whatsoever. No. At what point does he realise it's only towards who, who Catwoman is? Shrek. It's not quite yet. No. Um, because... Catwoman and, and he's basically Bruce now but he just still has the costume on yeah she says that the law doesn't apply to people like them but yeah. he says no that they're wrong that they can just hand Max into the police and yeah. go home because they're they're the same as each other yeah they're these these, these broken people but he he can help her he can he can teach her how to deal with this d- deal dichotomy with, deal, yeah, deal with this split in his personality yeah and he pulls off his mask. I know. And the Big eye, shock. I know. And the eye makeup he's got on disappears as well. It's mm. really <laughs> terrible. And she mm. says, oh, I, I'd love to live, love to come and live in your castle like a fairy tale. Mm. But I just couldn't live with myself. Yeah. 
And Max reacts first by firing Selena. Yeah. Say, Bruce, why are you dressed as Batman? Yeah. <laughs> and shoots him. And he turns the gun on Selena and mm. he keeps shooting her, but she just won't go down. She keeps counting her lives. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, that's the big thing about Catwoman is, you know, we talk about her being a superhero or not. And you do think, well, that must be her now, done. She's been shot about three times there. Mm. But, um, yeah. She winds up with two lives left. Yeah. And she says, I'll save the other one for next Christmas. Pulls out the taser, taser yeah. which she had in her pocket. I, I think bum bag. Let's go with that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. tying back to the line about him being Gotham's own Santa Claus. How about a kiss for Santa Claus? Yeah. Holds the taser between them as she kisses him, holding on to the a power, line, yeah. a power line and electrocutes him. Yeah. That was horrible as well. Yeah. Mm. Bruce... Oh, actually, as this is happening. No, Bruce finds the body. Bruce finds Max's body, and it's his hair's out on stalks. Crazy, His yeah. face is all Melted, burned up. His yeah. eyeball's out on stalks. Yes. But no sign of Selena. No. And the penguin rises from the ooze. Yeah. With his, this green goo. Mm. Now, poor, He's looking the most grotesque at this point. And it's, oh, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And he shambles over to where he keeps his umbrellas. He pulls one out, fires at Batman, yeah. presses the button, and all the little toys the, appear. Toys come out. Like, that was the one he demonstrated that he was going to use to lure the children. Yes. I'm going to pick the cute one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, oh, I'll, I'll kill you momentarily. At first, I need a cool glass of ice water. Mm. And it just goes. Yeah. Face first. Um, Slap. And then he has a little penguin funeral. I know. And that's what I was wondering. I think those are people in penguin suits. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. And they just gently... Take him out of the water. Push him in, and push him into the water back where they found him. Yeah. But penguins are the most lovable animals. Because yeah. they can show compassion even to this horrible creature. See, I don't think they're evil. No. No. They're just too gentle. <laughs> so Bruce is being driven through the streets of Gotham at midnight by Alfred mm. as a very melancholy version of the Batman theme plays. Mm. And he thinks he sees a shadow down an alleyway. He follows mm. it, but he only finds a cat. Yeah. Just a black cat. And he brings it back to the car and said, Alfred says, well, for what it's worth, Merry Christmas, sir. Well, Merry Christmas, Alfred. Goodwill to all men. And women. <laughs> and the camera pans up as they drive away. Mm. And the bat signal lights up in the sky. And a somewhat feline figure raises her head to watch. Mm. That was a setup oh. for a Catwoman spin-off movie to be directed by Tim Burton. Right. With Not the Halle Berry one, then. No. <laughs> no, originally it was going to have the same writer as Batman Returns. Right. Daniel Waters. Did you, did you ever see Heathers? No. Excellent film. Okay. I've got him got the job on this. About a... It's hard to describe, but it's killing off the uh, 
alpha females in a horrible US high school. Oh, fair enough. And it's really dark, nasty, angry satire about American high school life. Mm. But it was going to involve Catwoman going to the Batman Universe version of Las Vegas. Ah. And apparently it, it was an excellent script. And it was, they handed it in the day that Batman Forever came out. Ah. Uh. And that obviously was a much brighter, more Dave-level version of everything. Yeah. And, and it was a huge hit. So, right, well, that's clearly the way to go. This Catwoman script is clearly unusable because it was just like Batman Returns. It yeah. was dark and weird and yeah. had that morbid sense of humour. And it got endlessly rewritten. Michelle Pfeiffer eventually dropped out, replaced by Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd dropped out. And they eventually just threw out the script entirely, yeah. wrote a new one from scratch and cast Halle Berry. And the result is terrible. Yeah, I mean, that is a bad film. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, again, but that you just come back to the whole thing about her being still alive after all of that. It's quite impressive. Mm. I think it's... Well, it's, I don't think it, I, it is my favourite Batman film. Yeah. It has all the action and excitement that you want. Mm. And it has, I think, much more interesting psychological depth than any of the Christopher Nolan ones. Mm. Because it's really looking into how broken you need to be to live a life like this. Mm. What compromises do you have to make in yourself? Yeah. By contrasting Batman and Bruce Wayne, who he's got it together, he knows how to make this work. Contrasting him with Catwoman, who both sides work but they can't connect. Yes. It's as if she's at a much earlier stage, though, of that yeah. than Batman is, that's the thing. Yeah. She needs to know how to get those two sides to, to synchronise so that they can work together. Yes. Um, an earlier version of the script actually had, instead of Max Shrek, Harvey Dent, the district attorney. Ah. Who um, appears later on, doesn't he, again? Well, at the end of the movie, when he's electrocuted, he was going to be killed, but half his face was going to be hideously scarred. Ah. And in the next movie, he'd be the villain Two-Face. Ah, right. But, for, I think for complicated reasons, they bought out the contract of Billy Dee Williams, who played Harvey Dent in the first Batman film, and cast Christopher Walken instead. And then when they had Two-Face in Batman Forever, it's Tommy Lee Jones. Mm. Yeah, I just think it's a really, really good film. It's one of the most purely Tim Burton films before he more recently when he's become increasingly self-parodic. Have you seen Alice in Wonderland? No. Oh, it's terrible. Is it? It's almost unwatchable. The problem with it, I mean, the really awful problem with it is it's trying to be an assertive feminist story. Yeah. But it's imposing that on Alice in Wonderland, which is deliberately almost completely plotless. Yes. It's, it's, the, it's very cynical. It's co-opting an artistic style for a very dull, conventional idea. Well, my favourite to Burton, I think, is Edward Scissorhands. I've never really got on with that. Have you not? No. I like Ed Wood very much. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of that, you know, the whole uh, chintzy apartment, Selena's chintzy apartment. Oh, yes. It's very much like that kind of look in Edward Scissorhands. Her, that sort of fashion part of yes. it and everything. I think there's just bits of it and... There's a lot of, you know, like, and again, Edward's hands, there's a lot of snow, which isn't snow, it's the ice. 
But again, that reminds me of that kind of the set, the first part of Batman as well, mm. when there's a lot of snowfall. I don't know, they were just bits. But I do, I did like Batman. I did enjoy this film. As I say, it did well when it was released, but because it was so weird and it's so dark and so violent, there were stories about children being taken out of the cinema screaming. Oh. Um, there was going to be a tie-in. Uh, deal with McDonald's which was cancelled at the last minute when they realised what the movie was like mm. and it, 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 it went from that to the all the, the day glow stuff of Batman Returns and Batman and Robin Did it get nominated for anything? Oscars, yeah. yes uh, it was Oscar nominated for its makeup and its visual effects Yeah. Uh, BAFTA nominated as well mm. didn't win either of them unfortunately mm. visual effects well, was won that year by Death Becomes Her uh, but had the Batman before this had won Oscars, hadn't it? I believe it did for production design. Okay, again, that's yeah. It's only it's only in the last few years that superhero movies have had any kind of critical respectability. Mm. The, well, the Dark Knight is an awful lot for that. But although The Dark Knight, I would say, is a, probably a better film overall than Batman Returns. It doesn't engage me in the same way. It's not as emotional. Christopher Nolan has a real problem with emotion in mm. his movies. Intellectual weight he can do in his sleep, but it's hard for him to really make you feel. Yeah. And that is one thing you, you do feel for a lot of the... Well, for Bruce and Selena a lot yeah. in this movie. Selena is... She's a really likeable character, and you really engage with her, even though Catwoman is this... Demented loose cannon. Yeah. You understand why she is the way she is. Yeah. And I think that's very important. That makes you really care about what you're seeing. Mm. Definitely. I think it's a film well overdue for reassessment. What, what do you mean by reassessment? Uh, people regarding it as the classic. Oh, it right. is. Yeah. I thought you said like a remake. I was like, oh, oh, no. God, no. But yeah. I mean, if only to get Danny DeVito back in the suit. <laughs> he probably could get back in the suit. <laughs> He's still the same shape. Well, there you go. That was good. I enjoyed it. Thank you for making me watch it again. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thanks to Amy for making the time for this recording. Cinema Limbo is on iTunes with almost 30 episodes available, so please do download, subscribe and review, because there's no such thing as too much power. We're also on Twitter via at cinema underscore limbo. Or you can reach me personally at j underscore j underscore phillips with two L's. However, until next time, remember me? I'm Fred's hand. You have been listening to Cinema Limbo, hosted and produced by Jeremy Phillips, edited by Alex Robbins, with music by Philip Alderman. Cinema Limbo is part of the Podnose Podcasting Network. Come and visit us www.podnose.com. Cinema Limbo podcast is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Cinema Limbo and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com.
You can also follow us on Twitter via at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. <laughs>